Hey, thank you everybody for tuning into the Circle of Dads podcast. I'm Ryan and I'm your host. And um, this is an episode that I recorded on um, the Imperfect Parent podcast uh, with my buddy Dwayne Moffay. And he just started this podcast not too long ago. And he's doing great, and it's um, it's pretty, it's a pretty similar deal to what, to what we talk about here. He's just a normal guy, you know, just trying to be better, and he's trying to figure out ways to be, to work on the the wreckage from his past, or you know, whatever quirks he has, so that he can show up better for his wife and his his three girls, and and in the process, he brings people on and he talks about it, and then you know, um. They just go through all different, I mean, just all the things, all the little tricks and tips you would need to kind of help you along in the journey. Because all this stuff is like things in a toolbox, you know. There's not one magic pill or one magic phrase or one magic book that's going to fix everything. You got a whole bunch of tools, you learn how to use them, you keep them in that toolbox. And then when the situation arises, you know, like, hey, I know what to do here. And then you reach down, you pick up that tool, and then you use it. Um you know, I want to say thank you so much for listening and uh, continuing to su- subscribe. And I want to apologize for the inconsistency of the episodes uh, as of late. You know, life just happens, and and I'm going to tell you that I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm, I was about to make up some bullshit, but I'm going to tell you the truth. I started getting in my head that I didn't need to be doing this that I was a fake and I was a fraud and who the hell am I to tell anybody how they need to do anything and all that self doubt and all that, all that bullshit crept in and that shitty thinking. And, uh, so I'd procrastinate and I would, you know, not call guests and I, and I was not taking care of myself to where I would have the energy to do what I needed to do for the show. And for that, I feel that I've let down any of you that might depend on this show or look forward to it. And so I apologize. I'd like to make an amends for that. And my amends for that is I will quit listening to my own bullshit. Um, and realize that if I wasn't the guy to be putting on this show, then I wouldn't be that guy. But yet here I am. And here you are. So clearly we're in agreement. And I am so grateful for any support that I've gotten. And I would love to hear some comments and get some emails and reviews on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Play, on, you know, wherever you listen to us. If there's somewhere that you don't, you can't get us and you'd like to hear us on that, then, then message me and let me know and I'll see what I can do to get on there. Um, you know, and speaking of support, I want to thank all my sponsors. You know, we've got Berkeley gold. They're a local CBD company. It's all organic. It's all clean. There's no BS fillers. You know, it's, um, their product from lip balm to tinctures to, um, muscle relief to, uh, dog chews and, solvable tablets they've got it all and if you put in circle 15 at checkout at berkeleygold.com you'll get 15 percent off and then you've got um, um online great books and they'll take you through they're like a personal trainer for great literature and they send out a book and they send you out homework and they walk you through it and then there's a big forum and a community where you can talk about the things 
and then you can work through all these great books. And if you sign up for online great books, uh, forward slash circle, I believe you get 25% off the first three months. Also, please check out our buddy Buster Frierson's company, Range Hand Meats. Um, they've got all kinds of amazing cuts, factory, uh, factory free. They're all humanely raised, and you know it's Buster. He's not gonna, he's not gonna raise some nasty animal. He's just he's Buster. He wouldn't do that. So check him out at Buster Frierson on Instagram, and then check out Range Hand, Range Hand Meats, and see if that's something you might be into. And then also check out my wife's new um, online coaching program. And she helps with, um, you know, eating better, living better, moving better. Um, just really like I mean, if you've got maybe you've got a 16 year old daughter that um, kind of has some body image issues and and she doesn't know how to eat and she doesn't know how to step into the strength of her beauty and like. And what I mean by that is she thinks that she has to be super skinny and she doesn't like that she's got curves or big legs or strong legs or, you know, broad shoulders or that she's taller than everybody else or whatever it might be. Or or maybe, you know, you just raised three kids and they're out of the house and now you just don't even know where the hell to start because there's so much to see and there's so many different people on Instagram. And, you know, um, I can speak from experience that my wife... um, she kind of has a no bullshit way of just like telling you to take it easy. Just do these things, try them, don't try them, but she can provide a, a kind of a little program for you to look at and it's little baby steps, little things. You're not going to get something from her and it's like, okay, you got to stop eating everything. You only eat this. You need to run 20 miles a week and, and don't you dare touch a Dr. Pepper. You know, it's, it's not going to be like that. So if you want somebody that, understands what the struggle is of battling weight and, um, you know, not genetically being super thin and lean and, and, um, who's always been muscular and strong and and felt insecure about it, but has finally come to a place to where she loves and admires her body, uh, almost as much as I do. And, um, you know, check her out. I think she's doing amazing things. I think, uh, her approach to it is unique and it's sincere and it's, um, it's sustainable. So check her out at Marty and That's M A R T Y A N N Y O U N G dot C O M. And so thank you for listening to me. And here is the episode with Dwayne Moffay. Enjoy. You're supposed to say hello. Oh, hello. (laughs) Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. Hey, Ryan, how's it going? What's going on, man? Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate that. It's an honor. And congratulations yeah, on am, the success uh, of your show. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite an adventure. I'm a little nervous with it all, but, uh, you know, it's it's a message that needs to get out there. And that's kind of when I, when I 
when I got a request from you to join your Facebook group, um, I dove right in and you have a Facebook group called the Circle of Dads. Um, maybe just explain to the listeners a little bit about what that is and then we'll, uh, we'll keep going with everything else. So the Circle of Dads is a Facebook group that I started and it's a closed group. Um, it's obviously not a secret group cause we're talking about it, but you can't, you can't view any of the posts. And the reason for that is I wanted to create an environment for men to be able to talk openly and honestly about the shit, man. Um, you know, I came from a background without a strong father or a strong male role model around, you know, I had my grandfather and he, he tried his best, but um, and there wasn't a lot of, um, emotional openness, you know, in my family, we don't talk about feelings. We don't, that's just, it's just not, not the bag, you know? And I always felt like a big need in me wasn't being met because of that. I I couldn't put words to it when I was younger, but as I got older, um, you know, part of my story is that I'm in recovery. So I haven't, had a drink in almost 12 years now. And, um, you know, part of my drug and alcohol use was to kind of dole out and quiet all that stuff in my head and those feelings and feeling less than and not a part of and different than everyone else and blah, 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 all that stuff. And, and so, um, when I got into recovery, I was introduced to strong men and men that, um, had my best interest at heart and men that had been, and they'd seen the mile, you know, and a lot of these guys, um, were teaching me how to be a dad because I didn't, I didn't have, you know, um, a history of a good father to base it off of. So I was doing my best. And I was, I was doing my best with a lot of damage and a lot of trauma and a lot of emotional hurt that, that was hidden for so many years. I got sober when my daughter was two. So the first two years, man, um, it was rough. I was there, but, you know, as bad as there as you can be. And, and it was hard. And those, those, are, those are blurry years to begin with, even, even if you're at top notch those first two years of childhood are blurry. Oh man. And, <laughs> but yeah, like carry on though. For sure. And you know, like, um, my drinking and, and I'd try to keep a job. I'd try to keep it together. And, and honestly, I woke up every day trying to be the best man I could be. I remember the day that my daughter was brought into this world. I had never known that kind of fear and love at the same time. And I remember um, and I'm not a religious man, um, um, per se, but at that time I just hit my knees and I remember just praying, please, God, help me get my shit together or take me out of their lives. So I don't wreak havoc on them, you know, cause, uh, my ex's pregnancy was stressful because of, of my antics, so to speak. And so, you know, moving forward, she's two years old. I'm trying to do the best I can do. I can't communicate with my ex. You know, it's, it's, it's just toxic. We're just at each other's throats. There's a lot of hurt. And so when we split up and I get sober, it's like, I just went on this new path. You know, um, I was trying so desperately to be a good man and a good father. 
and I, I had no map on how to do that. So these band of misfits I met in recovery taught me how to treat a woman, how to treat my daughter, how to treat myself, how to start down the path of healing all that stuff in me that was causing all these issues. And, you know, to this day, I can't even express the amount of gratitude I have for the, for those men being introduced into my life. And a lot of them are still in my life and are still mentors. And I I speak to them weekly, if not daily. Um, you know, some of those guys that, um, taught me how to be a dad didn't have a relationship with their daughters or sons. You know, they'd been, they'd left them or uh, abandoned them or, uh, you know, were removed from them or the daughter just doesn't want to see him or whatever it, it would have been. But they, they had, they had learned some perspective and some wisdom and did some work to see their part because that's all we can do is we can just see our part. If we spend all of our time blaming the other person, well, then you don't do, you don't get anything done because nobody's going to react well to that and, and no change takes place. So with that being, you know, kind of how I was operating, I would speak to other guys and I would see that they were just as lost as I was, but they didn't have what I had as far as that source of men to call upon. And a lot of guys can go to church and find that, you know, they can go, they can call their cousins or whatever. But I find that the guys that I would run into would have problems that they wouldn't necessarily want to go talking to their preacher about. And, you know, just for whatever fear of shame or damnation or just embarrassment. And so I created the group to where I could bring, I say I, we could bring each other together and we could share the dirty and the raw. And guys could feel that it was a place that they could talk about it. Nobody was going to, nobody was going to fuck with them about it. You know, no, uh, nobody's ex-wife was going to see it. You know, there, there's no women allowed in the group. And that's just solely because it's a male group for dads, stepdads, you know, uncles, anyone that has a big impact or influence on a child's life. And, and so what the common theme is, as you've probably seen is, is mental health, you know, because as men, we've been taught that you're not supposed to cry. You're not supposed to talk about your feelings. You're not supposed to be empathetic. You're, you're, you're just, um, you know, quit being a girl, quit being a pussy, you know, man up, just walk it off. Well, that shit works for a little while. But eventually <laughs> you kind of run out of steam and you keep suppressing that stuff and these patterns and these behaviors and these ailments and all these things start popping up. And, and, and it's just like your operating system. You know, I would have these knee jerk reactions to my daughter. One of my, uh, I don't want to say my favorite stories, but a story that I tell is my daughter was born without breaks. I mean, that girl's been hauling ass since the day she met or that the day she was born. And <laughs> we were in Home Depot one day and, you know, we're both tradesmen. Do you have Home Depots up there? Surely you do, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're standing there at the register and I'm checking out and she's, you know, zigzagging around and it was just her and I. I was telling her, hey, slow down. You're going to get hurt. You're going to run into something, you know, take it easy. And the next thing I know, pow, she runs right into um, like a sign, little end cap thing. And it just lays her flat on her back. And she was little. She was four or something. 
any normal person's reaction would be like, oh my God, baby, are you okay? And then, you know, pick her up and love on her and like, oh, I'm sorry, baby. You know, that must have hurt. My reaction was rage. Like it was just an immediate gut reaction. I mean, it wasn't, I didn't, I didn't do that on the outside, but on the inside I was fuming and so mad. I, I told you to stop. Why uh, did you keep running around? <laughs> yeah. Look what you fucking did, you know, and, and that's yeah. what's going on in my head. And the whole time there's this voice in the back of my head saying, Hey, Hey man, it's okay. She's just a little kid, but I was so keyed up, you know, always. And so hurt and so balled up that I, I never learned how to release all that stuff. And you know, guys think that like uh, manly men don't talk about this stuff or, you know, all that machismo bullshit, right? Mm. Well, I mean, I, I like to think I'm a pretty manly guy. You know, I've got an alpha <laughs> personality and, and, and so I figured I talk about this stuff. Maybe if I talk about it, other guys will see it and be like, maybe we can talk about it. And then in the process, they can find mentors within that group. You know, other guys that have gone through some nasty stuff, they can, they can meet in private and, you know really get into it. And and really that was why the group was, was made. Yeah. That was a longer answer than I expected to give. No, that's, that's perfect, man. That's exactly what this conversation is where I want to go. Like, um, if, if we together somehow can get this message out to as many men that will listen, the better it will be <laughs> like, absolutely. Um, you know, it wasn't until recently um, that I really started diving into myself yeah. and looking at what was causing me to react, how I reacted or, you know, treat my wife like I was treating her, you know, I got three daughters. That's, that's been a whirlwind for the last eight years that I'm just catching up with now. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's just, it's so it's a work in progress for me right at the moment to really be diving in. And, um, and I see other men in my circle that, you know, just haven't that are in the same place where they're just, you know, still balling it up and still putting that front exterior on of I'm okay. And this is all good. And, and so to actually like give them the opportunity and let them know it, it's okay to talk about this stuff guys like <laughs> it's it's what needs to be done actually to show up every day in as a whole person almost you know like sometimes i i look back at at my growth so far and it's like i was showing up for my wife and kids to, to like you said the, to the best of my ability in that moment, but it wasn't my 100% by any means. Sure. Well, it was yeah. your 100% so, at the time. Exactly. Yeah. Like everybody's doing the best they could do. If they weren't, they'd be doing better, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you were doing, you were doing what you could do. It's just like back then I was waking up every day with whiskey on my breath and another hole punched in the wall. And that was the best I could do. But I mean, clearly you're, 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 uh, you saw that you were capable of even more. Yeah. And, and wanted like, I, I wanted more. I could see that there was, that there was more I could give those, those kids and those girls. And, 
and show them a better manly example. Like what scared me one day was, you know, uh, forget who said it or whatever, but they were like, I might've heard that, you know, your daughter will go after a man that, that she has seen and has an example of. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> do I want my three daughters to grow up and marry a man like, <laughs> like me? <laughs> yeah. And, and at the time I was like, yeah, I'm a pretty damn good dude. But then I was like, ah, but you know what? <laughs> they could aim better than that. And so, <laughs> you know, like I'm a solid I, I can six, give them baby. a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a solid six. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I was always uh, taught yeah. or is, is be the type of man you would want your daughter to marry. Or, or be the type of man that you would want your husband or your son to be, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and these, um, I mean, that's, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I'm, it's your show. No, no, keep, keep rolling, man. But we, you know, it's, it's like it was ta- a while ago. You said, um, where do we start? How do we even get someone like, where, where does my husband start anywhere? You know, like I'm a welder. I'm an iron worker. I'm not a shrink. I mean, you're an electrician, but we're, yeah. we're normal guys that figured out our normal operating range was not okay for whatever reason. We hit that emotional bottom with it. But like for men, and this goes for women too, you know, like, um, communication is, is so important. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's the foundation of every every relationship and this life is all about relationships, business, work, but whatever, you know, uh, uh, family, friends. <clears throat> and I found out that with my wife, for example, and it's, and it's a cliche thing and I used to roll my eyes at it, but like the love languages, is it, are you familiar with those? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm and, just, just diving into the five love languages or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, um, I'm pretty needy because all five are my, my love languages, apparently. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I would uh, like a, a joke or a thing I always tell guys is, is um, especially when you've, when you've got that buddy that's complaining about never getting laid. I hadn't had sex in blah, blah, blah in six months. You know, I, I think she's fooling around on me or I just got to go jerk or whatever, you know, he, he says. I mean, we've all got that guy, that buddy that's just constantly... And you know those guys. I'm I'm usually responding with, "When was the last time you did the dishes, man?" Because I could come home with uh, an example. I use is I could come home with a Rolex for my wife, right? And it, I would have to hustle to get it, do some serious finagling and trading, and you know doing what I do. And I'd be so proud of it, and I'd give it to her, and she would love it. But it wouldn't it wouldn't strike that that note in her heart. Now, if she comes home and I'm doing the dishes, it's a completely different reaction and it's advantageous for me. You know, I mean like one of the greatest turn-ons for her is for me to do the dishes. So I do the dishes all the time because <laughs> I know that that's something that she appreciates. I don't do it just to get laid, but I, I know that that's something that, <laughs> that she appreciates and, and that's, and that's a way that I can communicate with her and show her that I love her. I value her and I appreciate her because she reciprocates with the same things for me. Um, 
You know, it, it's it's like we think that we're, I do all these things for you. I go out there and I work 40 hours and or 80 hours and, you know, everything I do for, I do for us, I do for you. And you throw that back on your wife and you're expecting this big grandiose reaction of how grateful she is and how wrong she's been to not appreciate you. But you're, you're speaking a different language. It's like you walking up to your kids and speaking Latin and then getting upset when they don't respond because it's just not firing the same uh, notes or emotional chords as, as it would be for you, you know? So once you learn how to cross that barrier, you can open up this amazing line of communication and, and, and it, and it just, it starts breaking down walls because with every relationship, y'all, we've all got stress. You're running your own business. You've got an asshole boss. You've got this, you know, mortgages do, you got this huge tax bill, whatever it is. You, you know, got a pandemic. <laughs> you, know, you got a pandemic and you got three kids homeschooling and, and y'all are trying to work and, and figure it out. And then the rules are constantly changing and your kids don't understand and, and you don't want, and they just want to see their friends and have a, have a fucking birthday party, you know, I mean, just <laughs> yeah. normal stuff. And, and there's all this ugly energy around the world right now. And, and it's just, it's so easy for you and your partner to get, to where y'all are almost battling each other. It's like we're all of that. And then it's like you just start, then the chaos gets inside the house and that, and then instead of as a family, we're supposed to be united and side by side equals, um, you know, the things that my wife is amazing at, I'm not great at. And then the things I'm amazing at, she's not great at. And we use both of our strengths to, to, to keep this household running in harmony and, um, with open lines of communication. And when you do that, you know, it, it really kind of creates a bridge for you to start going down a path of, of becoming closer. Um, one thing men struggle with a lot, in my opinion, is intimacy. I mean, like really, you know into me you see like i mean just being vulnerable i joke about it's you know called uh just showing your spiritual butthole man i mean like really really <laughs> like knowing the down and dirty about your partner and um what their fears are what what their what what makes them vulnerable what makes them feel safe and loved what their worries are what what are they insecure about what makes them feel lifted and built up, you know, and, and this is all information that, that is vital for a strong, healthy, um, thriving, uh, uh relationship, you know, and that's, that's but just, can, yeah. but can be a very like scary conversation to get into when you've never opened up to anybody besides, you know, being 12 beers deep and saying, I love you, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And until, until you can sit beside your partner and actually, you know, be open to what she's about to tell you and give her that comforting zone where she can open up to you and tell you safely, safely yeah. with no judgment, no shame, no blame, no nothing. And just, you know, have that conversation of, you know, what's, 
what's making you tick right now? Like what's, you know, what's that bother? What's that struggle that you're having that you're not telling anybody, but you're holding on to. And, you know, is that just that little sliver in your shoe kind of just all day, every day picking at you, but you don't, you've just never let it out to anybody. Those are the things that, you know, you need to, you need to find that person to open up to and talk to. Absolutely. You know, and, um, I mean, I couldn't agree more with that, but the, th- the thing is our egos and our egos, you know, your ego is not your amigo. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> I think that's a Texas saying, I don't know, but it's, um, <laughs> um, you know, we get so defensive and we, and we get ready to get on the attack. And so like for work, <clears throat> you know, our kids get progress reports and then they get their grades and you know, it's, it's everyone, they got a status check. They're always, we know what they're doing and how they're doing at work. We've got, uh, you know, our, our yearly reviews and our quarterly reviews and our sales numbers and we, and all these things that we're okay with as men, like we see the data, we, we know like, this is, this is not what it needs to be. I can do this, this, and this and fix it. And then you see it afterwards and you're like, yeah, I got it. I knocked it. I'm killing it. So in a relationship, it's a little bit different because hopefully, hopefully you don't get a piece of paper with all your flaws and areas to work on, you know, every couple of months. I think those are called divorce papers typically, but, (laughs) um, you know, like with my wife, I would, I would just go to her and say, babe, are all your needs being met? And, and she's like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, we, paid the cable bill everything's good you know oh the dreaded the dreaded i'm fine (laughs) oh god yeah it's a trap but um you know if you can ask her and just like seriously babe are all of your needs being met am i missing anything have i you know overshot the runway on one thing and then fell short on another am i what am i what are we doing here like how am i doing Tell me well, how even much for an example, even for example today, like it's Sunday. Um, I've been busy all week. So my wife has just been at home with the kids. We've had one sick. So that's kind of a whole little pressure situation in itself. Sure. And so it's been a buildup all week. And even today, we just took a little walk after lunch, get out in the fresh air, took a little walk down the road. And, and I was like, Aaron, how are you doing after this week? <laughs> you know, like, are you okay? And, and luckily enough, we've got to a point where she can openly just say, no, I'm, I'm fucked. Like this, this sucks. I'm in a bad spot right now and I'm overwhelmed and it's just been crazy. I just need to just need a break basically. So, so yeah, it's, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, that was part- like, I get yeah. you, man, because it's like you, you have, you, y'all, so y'all done the work, you know, I mean, y'all got to the point to where you're like, Hey, we, we need some help with this, you know? And then y'all started speaking to somebody, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, and that, that's hard. That's fucking hard for men. Guys don't like it. <laughs> you know, they don't like it. No. And, 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 um, the way I started down this journey was, um, like my wife never yells like she's always just happy 
and I'm the one that's kind of I'm real uh, animated and dramatic and pa- I like to use I like to say passionate, but some nice. people say intense, um, <laughs> and and we're and we're perfect together. Like we just we just complement each other so well, and she never yells. I've only heard her raise her voice like maybe three times, and all three times it was completely warranted. Like I deserved it. It's, and even when she started yelling, I was like, Oh, fuck!" and it was, it was not even like a scream. It was just a bloop, like a little raise in her voice. Yeah. And I thought, Oh, um, she, <laughs> she had, she had, um, gone to empty the trash. Right. Um, and I was doing something else. So I saw her doing it and I, I mean, she already had it handled. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, then she came back and she went going and doing something else, you know, and, and, but she didn't put the liner back in the, she didn't replace the trash bag. And I said, are you going to replace the trash bag? And it just, this fight erupted. Right. And I was (laughs) like, and then it got, it got nasty really quick. And, um, you know, we, we (laughs) went to counseling after that and then we were in counseling for one session and the counselor told us, um, y'all, y'all don't need marriage counseling. Y'all need counseling on your own. Because by her not doing the trash can thing, that was firing off something from my past and how I was raised. Right? I mean, it was, it was symbolic of it, and it just kind of struck that match. Me criticizing her like that struck a match for something with her father. And then it just, right. And then it gets into the point, like who's right and who can out, you know, maneuver and debate. And so the counselor basically told us, y'all have got your own shit to work on. We're going to work on that separately. And then that's how we went down that path. Mind you, she got about three sessions in and the counselor was like, you're good. You don't need to come back. You're all right. And I I got a punch card. Like they wanted (laughs) me to keep coming back, you know? Um, but it was just something like that, right? Something little that would normally have just been, maybe it would, maybe that's something that just would have festered. And every time she like didn't do the trash bag right, that I'm sitting there, you know, thinking maybe the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. I need to find me a woman that can put the trash bag in. Right? Like, I don't, I don't know, but you know how it can kind of go downhill, right? And so oh, yeah. that's how we learned, um, really started to communicate like once they just told us that we it it was like oh right it's not their fault it's it's our own shit you know we're just bringing it together and throwing our shit at each other um but like with my wife i'll check in and say you know am am i meeting all your needs like she's like no you're good you're a great husband you're doing this you're doing this and um you know uh, I learned to hear her and you know, when your wife is telling you things like, um, I don't know. Um, Hey, can you hang out with us on Saturday afternoon? And you're like, Oh babe, I got to work. I got to really got to get caught up. She's like, Oh, okay. You just missed a little, a moment to where she was saying, in my opinion, I'm not a woman, but she was saying, we really need to spend some time with you. We need to see mm-hmm. you. But in our minds, we're out there fighting, you know, and hustling, doing the thing and grinding. But it's not the same. Kids don't know that either. 
No. Kids just want their dad. You know, you if you're never home and the kids are saying something like, man, we just wish you were here. And you're like, well, I got to go out and work, put pay for these lights and the car and your school and your braces. What, what do you think that sounds like to an eight-year-old little girl? <laughs> you know what I mean? That her dad. Yeah. Her hero, this giant, this, I mean, cause you're three times her size, this giant that protects her and loves her just barked at her about some shit that she knows nothing about. She doesn't care about the cable. She doesn't know about taxes. She just knows that she loves him and wants to see him more. And so we start, we just kind of get our blinders get put on and it's really, again, we're waking up every day doing the best we can do. You just Mm -hmm. don't realize that, that you could do, I don't want to say better, but you could do different. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I had, I recently had a conversation with another guy about, uh, kids and, you know, working that 60 hours a week and, and we kind of dove in a little deep (laughs) we won't try, we won't go there today, but, um, it was a lot of, uh, almost holding that as a badge of honor. Like I'm, I'm providing for my family and, and not only is it a, like a, I'm doing this, but it's almost becomes a safe place for them to not be in that spot where they need to talk about their feelings or to know the down and dirty. It's just easier to go to work and punch the clock for 60 hours and, and feel like that's your part that you're giving the relationship. But then you step back and, and, the guy I was talking with, he said, well, have you ever asked your wife and your kids if that's what they want is like for dad to be working 60 hours a week. And I was like, Holy shit, there's a deep question, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that you might not might be scared of the answer, you know? Yeah. And it's easy <clears throat> because I've been guilty of that. Oh yeah. Me too. It's easier for us to go out there and especially being in the trades you know, it's easier for us to go out there and break our backs and work from sun up to sundown. And, and, you know, um, every dollar we make is by the sweat of our brow. And, and, and it's like, you really got to hustle to, to hit it big. You know I mean? It's, um, um, and it, it's easier to do that than to take a deeper look into why you're doing it. Like we wear it as a badge of honor Um, but it's almost like a shield of protection really, because it's protecting us from looking at all the shit we don't want to look at. It's so much easier to just stand stoic on the front line and beating your chest. This is what I'm doing for my family. I'm falling on my sword. I'm doing this instead of maybe there's a different way. And for me, um, you know, we spoke pretty briefly about how my, my, background you know well you don't come out of a background like that with a whole lot of self-worth and self-esteem and confidence you know um um i dropped out of school in ninth grade at my second attempt so i've got an eighth grade education right and um i did get a ged though my grandfather did make sure of that um and so my whole life i felt less than because of that and I actually felt that I, that I, I, I wasn't as smart as the next guy because of that. And so I would always be trying to figure out in my mind why they're less than me. And if I can just go out, work them and make more money, then 
then I would find that, that worthiness and that value. And so a lot of times our ego can drive us and our, our self-worth is all based on how much we make. Um, you know, it, hmm, I can think of maybe two times that I've gotten insecure with my wife, like, uh, to where I thought she was fooling around on me or anything, you know, cause guys get super jealous and, and some guys are just crazy about it. I used to be that crazy guy, like always insecure, always jealous, just, you know, that ugly green monster always floating around. Well, with my wife, uh, Marty, we've never had that issue because when we met, we were both in different places. We were both, you know, growing and I was doing the work and, you know, it was a holy, it was a completely different uh, environment. I was a completely different man. Um, but I can think of one time in particular out of nowhere uh, that I got really insecure. And I started getting real concerned that she was fooling around on me. I didn't voice it to her or anything at the time. I mean, she knows now, but um, it was just eating at me. And she works in an industry that's uh, predominantly male and they make a lot of money. And, you know, there's a lot of powerful people around, right? I'm working, I'm, I own my own business. I'm out there just trying my damnedest to run this business and, and, and do it well and provide and, and not be a failure at this. And we weren't making any money. Like, I just was not running the business well and cash flow was horrible. And, and you know, I couldn't cash a $10 check. For about a year, she got IOUs for every present. I owe you a pair of boots. I owe you a necklace. I owe you this, and um, which I which I redeemed. I I paid them all, and um, I started getting real insecure and real jealous. And for whatever reason, after about a week of this, I kind of stepped back and and started thinking about it and and being a little more introspective about it and feel and cause I knew it was me. It was not her. It was nothing she was doing. It was all my shit. And I realized that I was feeling insecure less than like, um, not a good, not a good husband, not a good man, you know, uh, and, and all, and my ego got in the way. So I put so much value on how much I made and what I was doing and all this, um, outside glittery stuff that I wasn't taking care of what really needed to be taken care of. And so that, that was kind of the result of it. And so I've seen that, you know, happen with other guys and I'm like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes, mm -hmm. man. Let's talk about this. A lot of times they don't want to talk about it. I mean, that's, that's one of the things is we just don't want to talk about the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you, have you found a way to get somebody to open up that's not used to opening up <laughs> like i know it's a tricky Cocaine. question but um you know besides the 12 a beer uh, when he says he loves you, well, I was <laughs> I love gonna say, you cocaine like, works pretty good too or ecstasy but that's probably not the yeah. most it's probably not the best way to go. so i hear that's what i hear <laughs> yeah. uh yeah my man you know it's um it's trust yeah it's just trust and a lot of guys are so guarded um, that that it if you try to kind of get in there with that crowbar and pick at them, they're going to disappear. You're going to lose yeah. that friend. 
And so once you start going down this path, it's very important to not judge others because we got to love everybody where they're at. I mean, that's really the only way to have any success at this life. You know, if I spend all my time looking at my friends going, this guy needs to be this way, man, he's such an asshole. This, she needs to do this. You know what your fucking problem is looking at your kids. (laughs) They need to act right. Or if we could just look at them and be like, man, they're doing the best they can do. Let's just love them where they're at. And it sounds cheesy. And if any dude is listening, he's probably like, what the fuck, man? You know, but it's, it's, it's pretty simple. Like, and it's hard because I'm a super judgmental person because that was my default for so long. Because if I judge you, then I'm better than you and I don't have to worry about my shit and I'm good. You know, you're the, you're the asshole. Um, (laughs) So if you've got a relationship with a guy and y'all talk and you and it's always like uh football or sports or cars and, and it's just it's just no there's no depth to it you might try to just start talking about yourself man that's um for me I'll I'll say you know man I was having this issue with this thing and and I just share something just just something random kind of intimate you know, something you wouldn't normally tell one of your buddies at the bar or your, you know, partner at work or whatever. And, uh, and he may respond to that. He might not, he might go, yeah, man, I had that same experience. My wife, you know, she went through this and man, it, it was fucking hard. Like we almost didn't make it. And then, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like that door got cracked open. Well, you don't just rush right in. <laughs> you don't just barge right in because that's yeah. not going to work out. So tell me about your father. Yeah. Let's talk <laughs> about like... all the sexual abuse, you know, like or yeah. whatever. I mean, that's when you're just, then you just got to kind of like be respectful and, and be like, oh yeah, man, how'd you get through that? And, uh, you know, he'll tell you and then you could say something like, dude, hats off to you for making it through that because I think I would have been a shit show. You know, I don't think I would have had the balls to make it through that props, you know, or or whatever you got to say and then just leave it. And then maybe next time you can bring something up again. And eventually that trust and that intimacy will be built and then y'all can share. Um, You know, I, I've, I, I don't know why it is, but I've always had the most random in intimate conversations with strangers. Like it's just been a thing. Like people will come up and I'll be talking to somebody. Next thing you know, we're talking, I mean, we're deep in the weeds, man. Like talking about some deep shit and standing in the checkout line at target or whatever, you know, and and it's just so (laughs) random. Um, I don't know if it's an energy I put off or, or, or what, or I, I have no idea. Um, I don't talk about the weather and football, man. I ask people how they're doing and then I shut up and wait for them to tell me. You know, and, and, um, it's just, it's kind of one of those things you gotta, it's, it's, uh, it's attraction, not promotion. So they'll see you going down this path. They'll see you changing. They'll see you happy. They'll hear that you're not complaining about your wife and kids. They'll see that you're not working as much. And, and, um, you know, they'll say something, maybe they'll say something like, well, you're, you're freaking whipped, man. You got to get home after 40 hours of the wife starts calling. It's like, no man, it's date night. 
I, yeah. I, I was trying to leave two hours ago, you know, cause that's your woman, you know mm-hmm. I mean? That's your partner. You should not want to not come home. Like it's get your shit, get it done and get back home, you know, so you can be with your family. I mean, we all need breaks. Like everybody needs time alone for hobbies and stuff, but if you find yourself hiding from the house, that's a, it's just not a very good spot to be in. And I know that's, yeah. that's definitely one of the, one of the key factors there. If you find yourself hiding from the house, then you time to start digging in, yeah. <laughs> looking, looking in what's going on for sure. There, and there, and, and it might not be as bad as you think, you know, like, first of all, I want to just go back a little bit and, and you, I just want to tell all the guys out there, congratulations for making it through all your shit and being where you are, Yeah, you know, like you've made it this far. And if you, if this is all new to you, like what me and Ryan are talking about feelings and stuff, don't think that you need to just go and open up and start crying and letting all your feelings out. Like just take a little step, you know, like just whatever, just even start with yourself, look it in, see what's, see what's there and then then figure out a way if you if you want to open up or whatever needs to happen but you made it this far congratulations now now keep going yeah don't (laughs) stop man yeah to keep digging the you know um that's you said that about don't just start crying and, and don't just start you know doing whatever we're uh, I find that we're real black and white men you know it's either like you're very stoic John Wayne type or you're just a a puddly pile of whimpering mess you know like with (laughs) with no manliness and and you you're just you just the world is just stepping all over you and that's not the case like going through therapy Talking about this stuff, it is not all burritos and blowjobs, man. It is not fun. It it sucks. It's uncomfortable. You're 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 getting, you know, you like when you ask your wife, are all my your needs being met? You shut up and just try to turn your ego off and just listen to her because we 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 will feel attacked, and then it just and then it just you blow up and then that safety that intimacy is now even more torn up. So, you know, there's, you have to know, you can't fight an enemy that you don't know. So if you've got trauma in your past, if you have um, some family history stuff or some abuse or maybe even just some psychological or neurological issues, you know, and, and you're just kind of like, having hell with everything you do. Um, if you don't know what is causing these issues, it makes it very hard to fight that enemy or to control that or to heal from that pain. And so, you know, in the beginning, it's going to be kind of a, it'll be a lot like, you know, it'll be uncomfortable and there'll be some crying that you're not used to maybe, or some, just like some really icky, just, Oh God, I don't want to talk about that, but it's a process, man. It's not like you walk in there in your first session and they just, all right, let me see it. And then they, all your skeletons fall out. It's ever slowly by surely, you know, and, and that I would just, I would just urge all these guys that, and women, you know, because women suffer from this too. It's just, we're, we're, we're just, we have more of the experience with men and 
suicide numbers by man men are way higher and it's just you know i mean mental health for men for men is not um is is not as um um important as it seems as it is for women you know it's because and, and that's our fault because we just kind of like oh no we're good we don't need it you know mm-hmm. i would just urge these guys to just you know kind of let it happen and and realize that you will become more emotionally secure. It's all about emotional health and emotional intelligence. So like, like when I was looking at my daughter and she was on that, on the floor, instead of like every part of me was like, go pick her up, man. That's your little kid. And I love my little girl. I mean, that's, I mean, I would burn the world. I'd set the world on fire to keep her warm. You know, we would do that for our kids. Now looking back, I can be like, ah, that was fear. I was scared. I was afraid that she was hurt. I was embarrassed, you know, because anger is such a primitive and natural instinct for us. And it's easier to get into anger and fear and shame and embarrassment. All these things can show up, in my opinion, as anger because it's just kind of a default that puts on that mask. And so anger, we know that we can, we can work with anger, but fear I'm I'm afraid of something. I'm shameful right now. I that's not that that doesn't even roll off the tongue as easy. You know, there's yeah. no cool <laughs> way to say that. You know? You say, "Man, I was fucking mad." Oh yeah, I get it, bro. You know, bro, I was feeling really fucking shameful right then. Like, what? What? You know, it just what? It, what? <laughs> it and it's just I'm I'm feeling real fearful right now, man, and you're like looking at your buddy that's 6 foot 3 and you're like, "Of what?" You know, I mean, we just don't compute. Um, so getting that knowledge, that emotional um, awareness and that emotional health um, um, intelligence to where we know what's driving us. And then once we figure that out, man, that, that's how you kind of you learn how to drive the bus. You learn how to yeah. kind of dictate how things go. One of the things that uh, me and Aaron, when we first started opening up to each other and talking about was that defensiveness like you know are your needs being met no they're not because <laughs> and then you know it it always felt like the finger was being pointed back at me right so that was one of the things that we definitely had to overcome at the start was just you know letting each other open up and not blaming the other person or taking offense to it but realizing you know those are the feelings that they're that we're having doesn't mean it's a game breaker or a deal breaker or nothing like that. And it's not, and it's not that you intentionally made her feel like that. That's just what she's feeling. Right. Like, so sometimes I'd fire her back and what do you mean? I'm, I didn't do that. Well, you know, you just put that defensiveness aside and let her like, let those out because it might just be as easy as, you know, talking about it and you'll realize yeah, you just got to get through it, right? But that defensiveness from one another's open conversations was uh, something that we definitely, well, we still work on, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Like, Oh, yeah, uh, man. My wife yeah. and I still work on that, you know? I mean, like, oh, yeah. she'll say something to me, and I'm like, and it's and it's something that I thought I was killing, you know? I yeah. thought I was <laughs> killing it. And then you're like, what? That's oh, Well, that's because you did this, you know, or, or like you start – you start batting it back and forth and then that's no longer a safe environment. That's an argument. That's, that's you throwing stones at each other. 
And another thing, and, um, you know, if there's any women that are listening and want to disagree, please email me and tell me I'm full of shit. But, um, I think one of the most important things to women is emotional safety and emotional safety is, is they know that they can be themselves. They can tell you anything. They can be vulnerable. They can be afraid and you are not going to fix them because we want to fix stuff like, and that's, that's not a good idea. They will ask you, how do I do this? And then it's like, it's my time to shine. But if they don't ask you that, and, I, and I've learned that applies to daughters too. So women in general, just all ages, <laughs> um, you know, it, it's like a place for them to be safe. And, and no matter what is going on, they can come home to their man um, or their woman, whatever kind of relationship you have. And then that's a place of non-judgment. It's a place of love. It's a place of healing. It's a place of comfort. It's a place of unity. Oh, baby, that. Mu- yeah, I could see how that'd be fucking scary. You, you want me to just hold you? You want me to yeah. go wash your car? What, like, what do you need? <laughs> what can I? How can I help? And man, but if you if they come to you with this stuff and you're like, well, you know what your fucking problem is, or <laughs> the reason you're doing that is because I told you you need to do this. Or you always do this shit. Or what are you crying? God, you're so fucking dramatic. Eventually, they're just going to shrink away. And, you know, that's um, that's not a place you want your wife to be. Like, it's, it's, in my opinion, that's a slippery slope. Like, when your wife can't come to you safely without judgment, you know, then... That's that's when I would suggest y'all really start seeking some help because mm-hmm. um, you know it's uh, if we don't have our needs met where we're at, we have a tendency to find them somewhere else, you know, and so that's I've seen that with with couples and with people that I love that are good people. I mean, they're good, decent people, but they just did not know how to communicate. They did not know how to get out of their own way to to be teachable, to quiet their ego down. And, you know, she slipped away emotionally. And with that went the physical. Because if someone's not emotionally safe, I, I, in my opinion and in my experience, she's not going to want to be physically intimate with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Guys are completely different than women. You know, we just need to see boobs and most of the time we're ready to go. Like, I don't even know what we're fighting about, baby. Like, it's fine. You're right. Whatever. But yeah. you know, if, if she's if, if that needs not being met, and then so his physical needs not being met, and I just maybe that's a cliche thing to say. Maybe I could be completely full of shit, but in my experience that's that seems like that's the recipe for disaster. That could be averted. Yeah, one of the one of the things I was listening to today um, was Mr. Garrett J. White. Do you ever listen to him at all? I don't think I have. No. Anyways, he's he's a pretty loud, boisterous man. <laughs> but uh, he he was talking about um, creation by addition. Like instead of 
taking stuff away, like in a situation, say, you know, to make this better, I'm just going to take away all the bad shit that I do right. or whatever. But he was talking about creation by adding something like adding let's so if this if our relationship is going down the tubes let's not try and take away each other's bad but let's let's try and add something good like a date night and make it an unforget like a like non-negotiable uh, non-negotiable exactly so you know try and add in good instead of take away all your bad and just see what kind of results you get soon there's not going to be room for that bad is what he was getting to is by by you adding in just good the bad just kind of falls away and and you'll start seeing those little things right so that's so yeah that yeah it was it really kind of hit home today i was like oh okay and like he even talked about it as far as you know diet and everything you know if you want to lose some weight and you and you're feeling bad don't try and take away everything just try adding in something healthy or something good or a good routine like just try adding in the good so yeah that i'm gonna <laughs> i was writing notes on it today anyways when i was listening to it <laughs> yeah my wife and i have a date night um because we we um and we used to not but we were like ships passing in the night we were both so busy doing our stuff building our careers and 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 i have my daughter half the time um and so I would have certain nights of the week. And then of course, you know, every other weekend or whatever that, that she wasn't here. So I could make plans. I could have hobbies. I could, you know, do whatever I needed to do. And I know that a lot of guys that are in listening to this don't have that, 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 uh, I don't want to say luxury, but they don't have that setup, you know, because I felt real guilty about having that setup for a long time, you know, having a life outside of my daughter because she wasn't always with me and a real good yeah. friend of mine, Brian Mulhall said, um, man, you know, there's nothing wrong with having your cake and eating it too. I mean, you're making the best of both worlds. So why not have a life? And then when she comes over, you've got this life to share with her, you know, and it's, and it's, it's, and it's, and it's taking care of yourself, you know? <laughs> um, but my wife and I were super busy and we'd have all this stuff going on and there started to be a disconnect. And then we decided to have a date night and it's non-negotiable. Sometimes it changes. I mean, but you know, because like I said, there are nights when we don't have Abby. Um, so, I mean, we can have it here and it's just a night, no phones at the table. We're going to watch a movie together. We're going to, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. and that's, that's been fun. You know, it's to been, like even to even intimacy conversations on that date night like don't talk about the work and the kids and the whatever but you know take those couple hours of your date night and actually you know have that intimacy and get in get into the weeds a little bit <laughs> yeah man and then yeah. you know you can get comfortable you can relax you can you know your wife's had a rough week like you were saying she's she's getting her teeth kicked in all week for whatever reason you know and it's just and it's just hell on her um you know, calling the grandparents or whoever is like, Hey, we need y'all to come over four hours, put them to bed and then just watch TV till we get back, you know? And then you go out and you, you hang out with your, 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 your woman and just let her have a break and you don't bitch about work and don't bitch about all the things y'all are always bitching about because then it's just the same thing. But now you got to pay a hundred dollar tab. Yeah. You know, <laughs> talk about yeah. stuff like baby, what, what's going on? What are you into now? You know, like, cause, cause you can grow, you can grow apart from your partner and, and you, I mean, I look at it like I always date my wife and 
I mean, a, a more vulgar way to put it, which I'm completely okay with that, is is I'm I'm always trying to get laid. So it's mm-hmm. like if you're always treating your wife like it's the first time y'all started dating and you're really throwing it on so you can be so you can get laid or so you can win her over or whatever it is. There's no reason to stop that. Don't stop flirting with her. If she doesn't flirt back, just keep going. You know, if if she says, I don't like that, stop. Well, then, okay, well, then clearly you're coming at it in in a in unsuccessful way. So maybe try something different. Start doing the dishes. Start doing the dishes, <laughs> man. Yeah. You know, like if you, if, if you know she's had a hell of a week and she's got those kids and you walk by her car and you look in the back of her car and it's, you know, Cheerios and In-N-Out Burger Sacks and, and a 16th of a tank of gas and hasn't been washed, get in that car and go take care of your woman's car. Not because you're expecting for her to be like, oh my God, you're the greatest husband in the world. She might not even notice. She might not even say thank you. You're doing it for you. So that's the thing is like, as our, it was, it was, it was, um, suggested to me years ago like write down on a piece of paper your perfect partner like like every quality that you would want your perfect partner to have right and like it whatever the sexual quality is body type you know uh the way they smell the way they act the way they treat you the way they say whatever you know and then you spend all of your time trying to be everything on that list and if you can be everything on that list, then you can maybe criticize them. But chances are you're not going to be able to do it. You know, like always try to be the best partner you can be for you. You're not doing it. to. And I know this contradicts what I just said about trying to get laid. They, they, <laughs> they go together. But like, yeah. um, you just, you're just constantly trying to improve. You're constantly trying to be better. You're constantly trying to find out more about yourself. And in the process, you might realize that you're living a life that's not serving you. And you're like, you know, I don't need to work 60 hours a week. I can take this other job that's closer to home, make less money, but I'm not spending 25% of my waking hours in the car, you know, and I'm home for little league and stress slips away. And you know, the quality of life changes. You may find out all kinds of things about yourself that as men, we were told that we weren't even supposed to look for. You get up, you get that good job, right? And you work your ass off until your knuckles are bloody and make sure all the checks come in. Or you work for 40 years and get that gold watch. And then you maybe will be able to get to enjoy retirement. But then by the time you retire, your kids might not want to talk to you and your wife's just a whole different person. So like Mm -hmm. for me, I always try to be the best version of myself so that she'll naturally just come and meet me there. You know, I mean, she'll be doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I like when you said, meet me there, (laughs) you know, if, if you're, this one, this one person, uh, was talking about how when he was in his shit and his wife said, you know, I'm, I'm taking the kids and I'm going to keep going this way. You can sort yourself out back here and then you can try and catch up. And, and he explained the story of, you know, from his point of view, while he was down in the mud, he was just watching his wife and kids walk away and they were getting closer to the top of the hill and, crest in the hill and disappearing 
when he finally was like, okay, I got it. Like, this is when I'm digging deep and I'm going to go after him. And he was like, she didn't stop. <laughs> she slowed down, but she didn't stop. And then eventually they met up again and, and, and it was a beautiful story, but um, I, I like that meet, you know, just keep on going, keep on each other's path. And, you know, the growth is all part of it. But you like, especially in a, a relationship, you guys, you, you can grow together as well. Like, I don't want to say you just, you just grow by yourselves and hopefully meet at the end. That's not the point either. <laughs> no, it's just um, everybody's responsible for their own growth. Yeah. You can't yeah. tell your wife what she needs to work on. I don't no, know. If, I don't no, know if you I wouldn't that suggest that. <laughs> it's not a good idea. Yeah. I, you know that. Oh, go ahead. No, please. But you, you give her that space to, and you know, and that's the that's the win in the situation, right? Yeah. Well, it's you know, it's attraction, not promotion. Like, you know, if if uh, if you're if you're both, um, say, you and your wife are are a little unhealthy, you know, maybe y'all are both put on twenty or thirty pounds um, because of life, because you got two fucking kids, and you're <laughs> both working your asses off. And you come home late and you pick up the kids and you got to take one over here to soccer and you got to drive this one all the way the hell over there, you know, to piano. And then you got to get them back together. And then by the time you get home, you still got to do homework and you got to take a bath and you got to do the thing. It's going to be 930 before you eat. Well, that's in a lot of people's mind too late for a kid to eat. So you, everybody drives through and, and grabs something at, you know, McDonald's or whatever it is, right? Yeah. And then you do that enough times and that becomes the norm. And then, and then you, and then it's like, Hey, we're just going to sit and eat at the couch. And like, you know, we're going to eat pizza and, and it's just, everybody's so burnt out and so tired because nobody's stopping the train to be like, this isn't working. Like, you know, this isn't, this isn't thriving. This is just surviving. And, um, so say that happens. And then your wife all of a sudden wakes up. And for whatever reason, and she's like, nah, I don't, she starts making her lunch. She starts pre, pre-making meals so that she doesn't have to do all that nonsense and save money or whatever it is. And then she starts going on a path where she starts going to the gym and she starts getting into better shape. And, you know, she's in her forties almost. So the hormones are kind of like not what they used to be. And same with men, you know, and, and, you know, we're starting to like the sex drive is down, libido's down, uh, energy's down, you know, I mean, we're getting sick, we're depressed, we're anxious and all these things. And some of that beautiful, you know, intuition, that intelligence that women have, she just decided this isn't working for me. I'm going to fix it. And she just starts walking and starts getting into better shape and starts, eating better. You've got two choices. You can keep eating pizza with the kids while the wife is going off and doing her thing. Or you can say, you know, that's my best friend and my partner. I think she might be onto something. And then you start following in that path. And then what happens is y'all meet and you're on the same path. Like you've got the same goal. So when she's like, man, I want some brownies. You, you could say, or, you know, we could maybe <laughs> have some fruit, you know, and maybe, and then you're working together. You're, it's a team and it, yeah. and it's no longer like every man or woman for themselves. You, you said that, that story about your friend and that really hit home to me because, um, when I got into recovery 
and, you know, my mentors, um, all shapes and sizes, all different backgrounds and religions and, uh, socioeconomic classes and whatever, you know, everybody's, we're a diverse group. And, uh, one of, one of my mentors, he's like my dad now said, um, we're walking a path, Ryan, we're all walking a path. We're walking up this, this dirt road. And, um, you know, we're all just trying to get better at this deal. The people that came before me are up front and then the people after them are in front of them. And then here I am. And then you're back here. And then you've got people behind you that are following you at no time. Do you stop on the side of the road and wait for the spiritually bankrupt to catch up? You can stick your hand back there and help them along, but you never stop walking. And they will eventually either catch up or they won't. And I think that's exactly what happened to your friend. He decided, I need to catch the hell up. Mm -hmm. Sounds like she gave him a pretty good, you know, pretty good instructions, though. Like, we're headed that way. You might want to hurry up (laughs) and catch us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think we'll dive into it on this episode, but you mentioned, uh, being 40 and hormones with women and men. Yeah. I, I listened to your one episode that you dove deep with that. Uh, I forget who the guest was that you had on Dr. Villarreal. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Um, I'm just going to throw that out there. Hey, if anybody's listening, go check the circle of dads podcast, um, and look for, what was his name again? Doctor. Doctor uh, uh, Willie Villarreal. So it's V I L L A R E A L. Yeah. Anyways, Real. guys, go go listen to that episode about about men's hormones over forty. It was a, it was a good episode, that's for sure. Oh, and it's not even forty, man. I mean, with our environment and everything now. Yeah. I mean, thirty two. You know, if your doctor's ever told, and I, we won't get into it. I'll just say this to spike it, but. But like, if your doctor's ever said you no, your your levels are fine for your age, you need to you need to listen to that episode. Yeah, because that was all about like testosterone and like yeah, just checking your levels and. But hey, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I don't feel fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, if I look at all the symptoms, I got them all. <laughs> like, yeah. what's going on here? Do why do you have a pamphlet in your office if I say I need this and you're like you don't need it. Like, what kind of shit is that? And they'll say, you know, you're fine for your age. I don't want to be fine for my age. I want to be fine for 20. Like, yeah. I, I want that kind of drive. Okay. But, yeah, I mean, and that's all the stuff. Like, I mean, that's one thing as as men, and this does pertain to what we're talking about, but, like, we're, we're in the grind. I mean, we're, we're we're just normal guys out there just doing what we need to do. We're doing our best. I, I truly believe man and woman, if you're listening to this show, you truly wake up every day and you are doing your best and you just want to try to do better. I mean, you know, if, if you wake up every day and you're like, I'm fucking killing it. Like I'm good. Like I'm not, I'm good. Then, Hey man, maybe this isn't a show for you. You know, like, um, then you might, you might just be fine. Yeah. Not the case for me, you know, um, we get beat down and, and life gets hard and things happen and, and we start to think it's the norm and it's not, you know, like life can be 
like 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 the movies, man. I mean, you can wake up and have this amazing breakfast with your kids and like go for a walk and and then, you know, kiss your wife and you can't wait to get home and see her and then y'all go hang out and you go to the gym and I mean, it's just it can be amazing. There's no reason why it can't. It's just we get so used to the routine of no, I've got to do this. I have to do this. If I don't do this, I'm going to fail. I'm not enough. And a lot of times those drivers, those things that push us, in my opinion, are the past, the past hurts and the past traumas. You know, it took for me to go through this process to find out that, um, because I had blacked out a lot of my childhood and uh, with, when we were working through the intimacy issues, um, I, I started doing a process called EMDR, which is amazing which is amazing if you've, if you've had any kind of trauma or if you've got any kind of a, you know, hell, if you're scared of flying, if you, if you're, you know, uh, just anything, any little quirk like that. I mean, it's, it's amazing, amazing stuff. Um, and it's called EMDR. And actually the first episode of my, my show with Debbie Dunbar's, is, she was my clinician. Um, and you know that I found out that a lot of my things, a lot of my, baggage came from, uh, being sexually abused when I was a child. And, and, you know, um, guys don't want to talk about that because we feel like there's such a stigma around that. We don't want to sound like a victim or when you were that, that age and it happened, the person that did it to you kind of mind fucked you by saying something like, if anyone ever finds out about this, I'll just tell them you lied. Or you've been carrying those secrets for so long, you've you've been um, you've kind of brainwashed yourself into thinking you're bad and you're wrong, and you might not be remembering it right, or you were asking for. It. And this can go for men or women. You know, I mean, it, it's remarkable um, how many men I come across that have experienced sexual abuse, and and how bad. It, um, how many problems it created for them later in life that they didn't even realize. Because when that happens, you know, that's when our operating system is being written. That's when we figure out how the world is going to, how the world works, you know, and then as we get older, if that's back there, man, it causes so many things. Even if you, if you are lucid of it, you remember it and you've justified it in your head and you're like, no, it just happened. I'm fine. I've worked it out. I would still urge you to speak to somebody about it because that stuff can be really inflammatory for us. And, and just trickle out into so many other different things like to bubble to the surface kind of thing or. Oh, well, I mean, I can give you an example of exactly how it affected me. Um, hmm, so, okay. So <laughs> Yeah. And, and, and the revelation of it had come, but I haven't gotten to do any work on it, you know? Um, and so I was working on it and working on a lot of stuff in the EMDR and the EMDR is like a lot of things, you know, like you go into a therapist and, and it's, um, like, where do I even start, man? I'm, I'm, she's charging me $150 an hour. I got to talk fast. She better be real good and, and know exactly which page to go to, you know, it's not how it works, man. I mean, if it's a good therapist, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. Well, with your brain and your neural network, the EMDR, the way it works, the way it's been explained to me is it takes all those memories and it reshuffles the deck and it mm -hmm. pulls the card that it needs to pull. And, um, so when 
<clears throat> my wife, Marty, you know, my, my second and last wife, actually, I was never married to the first one. So when I say my wife, I'm talking about my current wife, my last wife, um, <laughs> my only wife. And, and I'd be, you know, trying to calm down from the day sitting there, you know, just hanging out on the couch, like finally at nine o'clock after we eat and I'd be playing my guitar or I don't know, playing video games. If I was playing video games at that time, you know, or whatever it was, just something to just check out and relax. And she would go to bed before me and she would come from behind the couch and go to kiss me. And she would kind of hover right here next to my cheek. And it, it was sweet. It wasn't annoying. It wasn't obnoxious. But it would cause such a discomfort inside of me. I'd feel it right here. And I'd feel it in my throat. And I just felt like like really uncomfortable. And it'd make me very angry. You know? Yeah. It was actually making me f- feel very ashamed and fearful. But it was coming up as anger. And and I'd like, you know, turn away from her like a moth to a flame. And then she'd be like, what the fuck, you know? And then she'd be like, yeah. okay. The cool thing about my wife is she always knows it doesn't have anything to do with her. So she's kind of a unicorn in that aspect. She's like, well, that doesn't have anything to do with me. And she just goes to bed and doesn't take it yeah. personal. <laughs> um, and then, okay, well, when my daughter was younger, she would climb up on me, you know, this little kid just climbing on, pulling on everything she can to climb you like a tree. And she, I'm talking to like a young kid and she would be right here and she would talk, you know, or they, they talk and like they're on your eyeball or whatever it is, you know? And yeah. And then she'd like hover right here and I'd get the same discomfort. I would feel so ashamed at how mad I was getting. And I would never like say anything to her. I would just kind of like, okay, babe, and give her a quick kiss and, and set her down. It was just that, that one spot. And I'd feel it here and I'd feel it down in here. And our body um, can hold on to trauma in parts of our body you know, and emotions can be seized into parts of our body, I found. And so I'd always feel the same thing. And then I I got to thinking back and I remember feeling that feeling in other times that I was in too close proximity of, um, well, a certain man in my life, you know, a family member. And it, and it, it was, it was very odd, but like, I didn't put it all together. So the next day I have an EMDR session with Debbie Dunbar and, um, she's like, Hey, what do you want to talk about today? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't, fuck. I don't care. What do you want to talk about? You know? And, and I was like, well, there's this one thing and it just popped into my head. Right. And so, um, we started doing the EMDR and if you're not familiar with it, it's like, um, it's rapid eye movement. And so you're like moving your eyes back and forth without moving your head. And they'll have a, like a light bar, like an led light that goes back and forth, or they'll pat your knees or you'll be holding, um, vibrating, um, grips that like they'll oscillate. So this one back and forth, they'll vibrate or they do it with their hand and you just follow it. And then that creates the state to where that therapy happens. I mean, there's way more to it, but that's the layman's, way of saying it. And, um, and so we start doing that and she's like, okay, I want you to breathe. I want you to focus on that feeling. And so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm, and then it just, it comes while she's doing it. 
and I'd done the therapy with her, you know, a dozen times or a half dozen times. And we'd had some pretty cool results, but nothing like this. And it, it like was growing and getting super intense. And I started getting really upset, like really uncomfortable, like visibly agitated to where she'd bring me back out of it. And it's like, all right, let's breathe. Let's talk about it. You want to go do it again? I'm like, yeah. And so go back and do the thing. I can feel it. And then just as I'm sitting here looking at you, you know, a scene popped up and it was like, I was there no mystical nothing i mean no i mean it's it was like i was there i was walking down the sidewalk of this house i could it was a house that um uh i'll be vague just for that other person's protection um um, but i I could i could smell the burnt grass because here in texas all the grass is crunchy and burnt after like, I don't know, June, especially if you (laughs) lived on the side of town we lived on where it's mostly stickers and dirt with no irrigation system. So everything was, was pretty burnt up and I'm walking down the sidewalk and mind you, I wasn't afraid. It wasn't like I was in some crazy dream and you know, it, uh, or hallucinating. It was as real as it could be because my mind was replaying all of that, all the sensations, all the smells, all the feelings, and I could walk up and I could see the door and I recognized it. I opened it. I could see the living room. I could see the floor. I could smell the very distinct smells that were there last time I was there. And then I would, I could see across the living room down underneath, um, another door and I could see shadows under that door cause somebody was in that other room. So I walked into that room. I opened that door and that's where the assault was taking place and I walked in on it. And so there was me as a 10 year old. Um, and then there was a six year old version of me on the toilet, like just sitting on the, like just sitting there like a chair watching. And then there was the, the person that was doing the, the assault. So I was able to walk in there, stop it grab both of those versions of me, um, take them outside, clean them up, tell them, you know, you're safe. Nobody's ever going to touch you again. And then walk back inside and deal with the other person. And I, and you know, like saying it, you would think I'd go in there and just start wrecking shop. Right. You know, but it wasn't, I walked in there and what I saw was a very scared, um, um, hurt person. And I was able to take them in the other room and speak to them. And this is all going on. Just like if I was walking over and having a conversation with somebody and I realized at that point, they didn't just come up with that behavior on their own. It had been done to them. And at that moment I was able to forgive them, realize that I had no part in it to be ashamed of. And then that healing just started you know because there was a lot of anger and just rage at that person when I first had the revelation of it when I first like uncovered that from my childhood um and being able to go into that process like that I mean it was trippy I was not 
I didn't, I didn't prepare for that. That wasn't on my to-do list. I mean, I had shit to do after that, you know, like I had a full day and then you leave that and you're just like, fuck. And it, and it was a trip, man. And I was, I had an emotional hangover for like two or three days after that just felt like, and I, there's no other way to explain that than that. I mean, that process is so healing. And so if mm-hmm. there are people out there that, you know, have been through traumatic events, you know, like if they've been in some horrific car crash and they can't, they can't drive or, or, or and I, I'm not making any claims for the process. I'm like, I just know that it helps a lot of people. Um, it's, it's, it's shown to be super effective for that. And I know had it not been for that, had it not been for Miss Dunbar and the way that she does it, um, and her experience with trauma specifically, because that's that's one of her things that she's um, specializes in. Man, I, I just don't think I could have come out on the other side of that, and and it mm-hmm. changed my life. Like from that moment forward, I mean, there's a, there's a definite break, like where a new chapter started, and I just was a different person. Yeah, I've I've heard uh, so many good things about EMDR and and it's more prevalent in the states I find. Like I'm trying to find access to it up in Canada. Okay. Of qualified good practitioners. Yeah. And uh because I've just heard like it can be as as that one meeting can totally flip the switch and and send you on in a better positive direction like um, that, that's kind of the stories that I've been hearing is, you know, the one guy was saying he'd been through therapy for years and years and years, all sorts of different talk about your feelings here, talk about this. But then he did went did this one session came out and his wife was like, Holy, like you even look different, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you just got a different, different strut about you now. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to dive in and find out more about it for sure. Well, I know. I know Miss um, Dunbar does, um, I mean, she's phenomenal. And she does seminars and she um, she does privates, you know, like um, she has her, um, she has her um, um, office here in Fort Worth. Um, but I know that she does travel to do it. And so she's also got a lot of wonderful resources. So, I mean, she may be someone good just to reach out to and she may be able to try to point you in the right direction because I do know that having a qualified clinician is super important. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. Cause you know, when you kind of kick that hornet's nest or pick open that scab, you got to know how, to get it to stop bleeding before you just let them back out in the street. You know, it's like, okay, <laughs> here you go. Have fun. You know? Yeah. You better hurry. You got to go pick up your kids. You know I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> so there, there's a, um, I know that it's very important to have a qualified technician or a, a clinician who, who, who does have experience with trauma. Yeah. Well, Ryan, like I, I appreciate you, uh, opening up like this and that's kind of the main reason why I wanted to have you on here was just you know I I seen what you were doing and and how you talk and it was just you know that's what that's where I want to get to I want to be able to you know openly and comfortably talk about the deep dark real raw 
<laughs> that that guys need to talk about it's instead of just bundling it up and and balling it into that spot where we all tuck it you know well you're on that path man and thank you for saying yeah. that but you know sometimes it's just a hail mary you know you just gotta like <laughs> i'll even find myself saying something and at the end i'm like wonder how that's gonna hang in the air you know but yeah. it's but then i'm not gonna land <laughs> but then i've gotten to where it's like you know what that's who i am that's my story it's it's um the things I say and the way I say them is how they come from my head, my heart to my mouth. And, and it's the only way I know how to deliver this message because um, it's a message that we, I'm not saying that my message is so important. I'm just saying the message in general is, is, is super important that men and everyone understands that like you can do all the pushups in the world. You can make all the money you could, you could just, but if you're not right with yourself and with, everything in between your ears like it really man it makes it hard to get through this life and mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm super impressed with your show like your your launch was amazing and um you know just the way you have it set up your graphics your your social media the the episodes that you put out so far i mean dude it's great you're, you're killing it like I, I wish so much success for you man and 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 and, you know, honestly, dude, I'm just super proud of you that you just decided to be like, fuck it. This is, this is, this is, this is something inside of me that I need to share. And the cool thing about sharing it, and I will say that I'm selfish because I get more out of that circle of dads group and out of these conversations than I think anybody else does. But I need that, man, because if I'm left to my own devices and I start getting comfortable and resting on my laurels, man, I'll start slipping back into some bullshit behavior I need to yeah. be accountable. I need, I need to be out front where I can't hide because I'll start hiding and that ego will start getting, you know, will start talking to me, dude. And I'm just like, so this is the, I mean, this is the stuff that fills my cup. You know, this is the stuff that makes me feel usefully whole as a human being. If I can share with another human, another man, anyone, anything, and it helps them break a cycle of bad patterns, bad behaviors, a family curse, whatever you call it. So we don't pass that down to our kids. Then we can be the best husbands and fathers that, that we're, we can be the best versions of ourselves in that role. And then the people that six, the people that, that gain the most benefit are our families. Mm -hmm. So yeah, man, and you're doing the same thing. And I'm super proud that you and your wife are going through the, the hard stuff now, man. But I'm going to tell you on the other side, it's going to be Dude, it y'all are going to be bulletproof. Yeah. I wish you wouldn't have told everybody my secret, man. Which one? <laughs> about about uh about, you know, getting on here and 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 letting it affect me. Like this is my growth time. Oh shit, I'm sorry, dude. You, and, you know, like I don't want people to know that, yeah. but this is my this is my therapy session here talking with you and and then that accountability factor is just huge too. Like, okay, I you know, I don't want to slip back. And like you said, it's, it's pretty easy to let those old habits and old feelings creep back because they're comfortable. Right. So, yeah. you know, have that accountability up front and, and I'm going to just hopefully keep on showing up like the best I can be. Right on, <laughs> Basically. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to post this episode on our, on our, on our show. And, uh, awesome. And I hope, man, your, your, your listeners just, it keeps growing and you just keep getting bigger and bigger, man. And, and I just, uh, I think you're doing a great job. 
Well, I noticed you have uh, a coffee chats with Cody every once in a while. I, I, I might have you have to have coffee chats with Ryan here coming up. Oh, dude, please do, man. And have you listened to any of them with Cody? Oh yes, yeah. He's a he's a gem, that guy. Oh, dude, he's 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 his his um his gift for the spoken word and um eloquent vulgarity is is just something to be uh, admired. I love that guy. Yeah. So, but yeah, please, man, anytime, anytime you want to talk or chat, you know, on the phone or on this or whatever, dude, just, you've got my number. Awesome. Right on. Well, we'll uh, wrap this up. It's uh, getting late and it's time to tuck some kids into bed and carry on. But Ryan, it was such a pleasure to talk with you, man. And I really appreciate all the, all the stuff you do. Uh, I'll make sure to link in the show notes, you know, um, the, definitely your podcast, I know your group is, you know, invite kind of in private group or whatever, but they can search um, it out, but it's for men yep, only. Yep, yeah, exactly. Um, and guys, if, if you, if any of this resonated with you, don't be scared to take that small first step and, and search us out. Right. I know Ryan's open. I'm open. So if you need anything, just let us know. And, and yeah, we're here for you. Right on, man. Thanks brother. Okay. Cheers, Ryan. See you, man. Bye. Bye.